Hello and welcome. You're listening to Trajectory, the AFEC podcast. With me today, I have Wendy Zhang, who is a senior consultant at EY. Hi, Wendy. Hey, Edward. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. That's good. So we'll dive right into it. How about you tell us a little bit about what a senior consultant at EY does? Um, well, it's a very broad question because we have a lot of uh, areas of the business, as you can imagine, um, but I can tell you about what a senior consultant in the technology team within the advisory service line does. Um, so what my role involves is primarily I assist clients with technology transformation projects, um, and in Canberra, our clients are primarily federal government, um, but we do deal with also um, other uh, types of clients too. Um, so I guess like on a day-to-day, my role is quite diverse. Um, sometimes I have more of a project management function of managing um, a technology implementation or um, any sort of discovery into um, new systems for the client or something like that. Um, it can be stuff like stakeholder engagement. It can be writing reports. So it's quite broad. Um, and of course, like outside technology gets even broader. We have um, other competencies like strategy, customer, supply chain. Um, so just different focus, focal areas. But I guess the um, bread and butter of the type of work we do is quite similar. Right. Fantastic. And did you expect that you would be doing something in this space? So so from that, I, I gather you, you are primarily focused in technology? Is, mm. uh, um, no, I didn't. So... My background is actually international and global studies. Um, right. Previous to joining EY, I actually had no uh, really direct experience in technology, but what mm. I did bring is the federal government background. Um, mm. I've worked in a few federal government agencies previously. Um, so I bring that, I guess, um, more client. Um, I have a strong understanding of what the client wants out of um, projects. Um, so technology has been a new adventure for me and a very steep learning curve, but I've loved it so far. That's brilliant. Hmm. So perhaps we could get a little bit into your university experience because obviously hmm. that's quite relevant to people who will be listening to this podcast. Um, so you mentioned you had a background in global studies. Um, what specifically did you study and, and whereabouts did you study that? Um, so I studied international and global studies at the University of Sydney uh, and I did a year abroad in Munich as well. Um, yeah, so I guess originally I always envisioned myself working in international human rights as I think a lot of people who do um, start off particularly at university studying international relations do. Um, but yeah, interestingly, I found myself in technology now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a shift. I, I suppose we've spoken to a few consultants um, in previous episodes of this podcast, and they tend to have these quite, you know, all over the place um, career mm-hmm. paths um, following their interests. Um, yeah, so do you find that much of what you studied at university comes into play now with what you do or, or has um, done at all? Well, I think... From international and global studies, and I guess any arts-based degree, we're just doing so much reading and writing and absorbing large chunks of information and trying to channel that into, you know, two, three thousand, thousand words. Um, so I think that I've brought my strong writing skills and, like, that analytical ability to really, like, concisely summarise large chunks of information um, to all my jobs and particularly consulting 
um, that's been really helpful. It's that underlying skill, I guess, more than the topic of what I learnt. Right. Yeah, mm. of course. And have you had an opportunity to uh, work abroad or, or back in uh, Germany? Yeah. Um, so I've actually worked at the United Nations in New York for half a year previously. So I um, worked in the Department of Economic and Social Affairs, um, working on sustainable right. development goals, um, which is, um, I guess, where my interest in technology sparked from, actually, because I was working on open government data, which had a lot to do with um, government systems, um, which is interlinked to the work I'm doing now um, with digital legislation and that type of stuff. Um, so in a way, it's all linked together. And if you do see how my path played out, it does kind of make sense how I've ended up here, even though right. on face value, it's very different starting to finish point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. So you obviously work within teams at EY, I'm guessing. So, you know, do you find that the people who you work with have come from similar university backgrounds? Uh, um, so we're really diverse, actually, um, even within the technology team. Um, I'm definitely not the only team member who doesn't come from like a IT background. And I think that's what makes uh, the team I work with so rich and really enjoyable. It, it's not only that we have different um, educational and professional backgrounds when we join, it's the different types of skill sets and I guess a uh, way that we view things in the world that I think when you merge it together, it always has a better outcome, which I really enjoy. Um, it's definitely the most diverse workplace I've worked in, in that sense. Right. Right. So perhaps the last question coming out of that university experience, um, what was your experience getting out of university into mm. the grad programs, the clerkship, or clerkship programs, internship programs? Um, was that a stressful time? Do you have any, you know, hints or, or tips on how you navigated that process? I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a stressful time because I think that's probably one of the most stressful times in anyone's life trying to get your first job and not knowing what you're capable of and whether you're going to be effectively good enough to make it. Um, I guess I was quite lucky because I'd paralegaled since I was 16. So I started right. working after year 10 work experience at the place I did work experience at. Um, so I already had, um, by the time I finished uni, pretty much five years of like mm. professional experience. Um, so that looked good on my resume, I guess. Mm. Um, so I actually started at um, a federal government agency in one of their grad programs, um, which I think a lot of your listeners probably um, would be considering. Mm. Um, and that was really stressful because it's very competitive and I guess um, the interview process is very long. It's like nine months really. Um, So my advice is to just apply, apply, apply. Um, I think the broader the net, the more likely you'll get something, obviously. Um, And I think don't get too caught up on getting straight away into that one thing that you always thought you'd be doing because I definitely didn't start off somewhere um, that I thought I wanted to work in. And I really loved that first job I had. It, I think on, in hindsight, it was probably the, like, mo- one of the like, best places I could have started from a learning perspective. Um, and it had nothing to do with what I had studied. Um, 
it was Department of Agriculture and Water Resources. Like I didn't know anything about agriculture. Um, I joined because I knew they had um, a trade division. So it was interlinked um, with what I studied, but I never really wanted to work with trade. Like, as I mentioned, I was more interested in human rights. Um, but I learned so much. It taught me the basics of everything I needed to know for every job that was next. And my role at EY as well has been completely leveraged by the fact that I started off in government and understand it. Um, so yeah, my advice is to think broad and apply broad. Um, and I think you'll see in hindsight, once you get up and running that where you start doesn't matter so much because you're still going to learn something really important no matter where you are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's really good advice in, in that respect. I think especially, you know, myself and Jacob are going through that process over the next couple of years. So it's, it's good to hear from people who've gone through that and, and how they've managed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've mentioned that you've worked in government. Uh, did you work here anywhere else before uh, eventually ending up at EY? Um, so I worked in two federal government agencies, so agriculture and also communications and arts, as it was previously known. Um, so, and also the um, law firm previously where I um, paralegaled on humanitarian cases. Um, so right. I was very fortunate to... Because when I initially started working at that law firm, it was in workplace relations, um, but they actually expanded during my time there to have a migration practice. And I started working in both and then eventually shifted into the humanitarian era, which I loved and was exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I guess um, I've had the private law firm experience, the federal government experience, um, United Nations experience, and now um, consulting experience. Right. So how long have you worked at EY now? Um, coming up to a year and a half. It's gone by right. really quick, <laughs> in a good way. And how did you come by that? Was, was, did you have interactions with EY um, during experience in other jobs or um, something? So I actually had never interacted with anyone from EY or um, really gone to any EY events um, as a grad or anything previous to joining. Um, It was a bit of luck that I just saw a job advert that sounded exactly like what I wanted to do. And at the time, I was um, two and a half years into working in federal government and I wanted to try something else. Um, So it was just good timing and I had the right skills for what they were looking for. And yeah, it's just been a really great fit. So I was really lucky in that way. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned skills. It seems to me that, you know, your path through university and through your work um, research and the ability to research has been a big part of that. Would you say mm-hmm. that's the main skill that you've, you've taken into this role or is there, you know, some other skills that you've seen as having been important to your development in your career? Um, I think probably the most important skill other than, kind of the research, writing, analytical ability is, I guess, that um, stakeholder management and general social skills that I bring. Um, like, I've always been a really social person since I was young, pretty much, like, always, like, being an extrovert. Um, and that's been really helpful in consulting because you do work with the client a lot and then clients also, they you often work with all their stakeholders, so you're working internally and externally with such a large number of people a lot of the time. And for example, in some projects, I've had to in like two weeks interview twenty to thirty 
um, like senior executives. And it does take, um, it's difficult to do if you don't feel confident with talking to people and um, feeling, uh, I guess, strong in your ability to keep up small talk in between asking questions and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's been really helpful to me. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, you're, you're right on with the research skills and those underlying skills I got from my degree um, definitely helped me when it comes to doing the actual deliverables. Mm. Mm. Thank you. So you've been at EY for a year and a half, you said. Um, so I guess, I suppose, you know, that might not be a very long time relative to um, the amount of time you spent outside of university, but have you noticed much organizational change in the way things are done or certain attitudes towards certain things? Um, well, I think change is always good. And I think it's always a good sign when there is organizational change. And definitely in the year and a half I've been there, um, I've definitely seen some change generally for the better. Um, um, I guess an example is um, we've recently just been looking at shifting our business model um, in response to demand, um, rebranding some of our um, team names, for example. So in future, I think I mentioned that I'm in the advisory area of EY. Going forward, it'd be called consulting because um, research has basically shown consulting resonates with clients more. Um, so that sort of change, yeah, is always happening. But um, yeah, we also change in other ways. Um, we respond pretty well. I, I've been really impressed with how we've responded to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, mm. We were one of the first firms to take our entire workforce pretty much um, starting to work from home from mid-March, um, really ahead of the curve to other um, businesses in my perspective. Um, and I think we've adapted really well. We've been really innovative. Um, from an IT perspective, they've uh, basically got teams up and running immediately and had everyone, I think we have like 80% um, uptake now um, in the last few weeks right. that's happened pretty quickly. Um, the way we've started to like virtually meet and even how um, we have a social club at work, which it's harder to manage when we can't um, see each other in person, but even mm. the social club has um, tried to innovate and do stuff like virtual trivia and all sorts of stuff. Um, so I've been really impressed really with how they've like shifted really quickly recently um, to try to respond to it and make everyone feel not only like secure and able to continue doing their job, but also feel connected. Right, right. So that sense of community remains mm -hmm. in place, even though you're all distributed. Yeah. I suppose in, in more normal times, um, you know, is, is, does EY sort of facilitate um, the ability for you to engage with the community, charity, um, you know, your own yeah. projects, own personal projects? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we actually have a day called EY Care Day where people um, can take a day of effectively paid leave um, to go volunteer. Um, and often um, for the Canberra office, it's a local charity. Um, and, uh, and they're also very supportive um, more broadly. Um, for example, um, outside of work, I'm part of a um, multicultural female professional networking group um, called Phoenix Sisters, which is um, a Canberra-based one. 
Um, and we have get a lot of support from EY partners who um, not necessarily even being from a multicultural background or female, but to come speak at um, events and provide mentoring relationships. Um, yeah, so that's a really good side of it. Right, right. So clearly, you know, community is important in these environments because um, you're spending so much time together. Um, we touched briefly on um, the fact that your team members generally don't have a similar educational background. Um, obviously, there are lots of different areas in your background that can be quite different. Do, do you find the people that you're working with in your teams um, are very similar in where they're from, their attitudes? Uh, no. Um, everyone's quite different in their own way. Um, in terms of upbringing, we have such a like vast majority uh, of different types. And even in my team, as I mentioned, um, not everyone has an IT degree and we do have some people who obviously do come from IT backgrounds, data backgrounds. Um, we have like people who can, you know, read and write so many languages of code. Um, but on the other side of the coin, we have people with psychology backgrounds, um, people who used to be doctors, speech pathologists, um, like myself coming from government. Um, we have other people who, um, yeah, basically like coming from all different sorts of careers and walks of life, um, different cultural backgrounds as well. Like we're a pretty multicultural team. Um, yeah, it's a really good mix of both attitudes, um, upbringings and styles, I guess. Mm. Mm. What, what is it about EY, do you think, that brings people from such diverse backgrounds together like that? Um, obviously, there are lots of organisations like EY um, providing mm. consulting services. Um, what is it about EY um, that specifically has drawn you to the organisation and, and perhaps your teammates as well? Well... Speaking from my personal experience, when I um, saw that job ad which led to me applying to EY, um, what actually spoke to me was they talked about um, the work they do in diversity and inclusion. And I, like, I didn't just take it on face value. I did try and, you know, do a Google and see what they're actually doing and whether um, it was actually um, something that um, I thought was making an impact. Um, and when I did do that research, I was actually quite impressed and that's what led to me applying, um, and throwing my hat into the ring for that role. Um, so I've joined that, um, diversity inclusion committee since joining EY and I found that, yeah, all the stuff I did read is true <laughs> and it's yeah. been great to be part of that movement within the firm now. Um, so that, yeah. That's brilliant. So what sort of uh, actions or commitments does that involve um, within the mm -hmm. firm? Um, so as I mentioned, there is a committee and the Canberra one has about 20 to 30 members um, from all different parts of the business um, and all different um, levels of seniority, which is really great because you get kind of a um, rich range of perspectives. So we've got like accountants in there, we've got the consultants in there, We've got like a couple of partners in there, um, both from like grads, like all the way to partner. Um, and like lots of people from different cultural backgrounds, um, uh, I guess um, different um, familial situations. Um, so we're not just focused on culture, we also focus on disability, flexibility, gender, um, 
Indigenous interface um, LGBT. Um, so we do um, try to uh, provide an environment that is comfortable and safe for whoever joins the firm. Um, and I guess like what, um, speaking from another personal example, the type of stuff we do and the thing I enjoy most. Um, so I'm in the cultural pillar um, and I've had the opportunity to organize um, a lot of really fun and great um, events and often they're on days of cultural significance. So um, normally aligned to um, UN days. So for example, International Day of Tolerance um, and also days like um, Multicultural Day, um, as well as um, some cultural specific events like Chinese New Year, um, and other events um, and those I always find very enriching because um, even though I think I'm a pretty um, socially aware person and I'm quite thoughtful towards the differences of other people and how um, different people might prefer things to be done a different way or to be approached a different way um, I always learn something new um, even though a lot of the time I'm the one running the event or the workshop, um, I think I always learn something new about a different culture or, um, yeah, someone who's just had a different life experience to me. And it's also great because um, generally speaking, like sometimes we have like 100 or so people attending um, these events. Um, so there's a high uptake within the firm, which means um, that's a reflection that people in the firm do care about it. Um, and it's nice to... Um, see people turn up and we've done really cool things like once we had um, kind of like a um, cork board and it was the world map and we had everyone pin where they were born and I was like amazed at how much of the world we covered in just the Canberra office like and we're not a very um, we're not the largest EY office by a long shot like we're quite a small one and just in our office alone um, it was just so multicultural mm. Mm. oh that's brilliant do you do you find that you're starting to identify the aspects of the EY environment that is facilitating the you know, interactions between people that come from different backgrounds? I, I mean, obviously it's not always easy to work with people who don't have a similar life experience to you. Um, mm. One way to deal with that perhaps is interpersonal skills. The other might be environment. Um, have you noticed mm. anything important about the environment that EY tries to create that um, facilitates that interaction? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I've been really impressed at how much focus they do put to trying to build a very inclusive work environment. And I don't just mean that in terms of multiculturalism and um, I guess like by having these events um, so um, for people to identify with, but I mean um, also in other aspects like um, flexible working arrangements um, to suit people's personal situations regardless of what they are. Um, and um, I think there's a very strong support network within EY. Um, what I've also really liked is, although I'm in the technology team, I have mentors all across the firm um, and we do have um, both like, mentoring programs which you can sign up for and you get matched with someone but it's also highly encouraged and I think I've been encouraged since the first moment I've stepped on foot in EY to build my own mentor relationships and I've never felt um, rejected or that I was um, taking up someone's time when I've asked for a mentor relationship and normally these are like partners and um, directors who are very busy and 
they probably have a lot of people trying to um, build this sort of relationship with them. But I've always felt um, very supported and um, welcome to um, try and build those relationships. And I probably have those relationships with 10 plus partners across EY. Um, and that makes me feel very supported. And I think a lot, I would, if I, I think I would be surprised if I heard that people at EY weren't able to build those relationships across the firm just because of the type of attitude um, uh, that we're encouraged to have um, despite whatever rank you are. Um, so it's great because you get to learn about um, different work and um, parts of the firm, but you also do feel very included and having all those relationships means also that if something does go wrong with one particular manager or something like that, there's someone else you could go speak to to seek advice on how to manage that. Um, and that I think has also been very valuable. Mm. So when it comes to shaping this environment and building this culture, um, is it primarily senior staff, senior consultants, managers, partners that set that culture, um, organize activities um, and teams that work towards those ends? Or is it all levels of the firm? What sort of, where is the culture set and how is that directed? Hmm. I think it's at all levels of the firm, but it's very important that we have um, senior staff invested and we definitely do have them invested. Um, and um, something EY has tried to do more recently, particularly in the cultural spaces, we've um, tried to move to also a national approach. So there's consistency across the office and we can share learnings um, across the country. Um, and that also means you're also getting visibility from um, senior executive from other offices as well. Um, particularly Canberra being a small office, it means I guess you get to meet more people and get exposed to more people as well. Um, yeah, uh, we do. Um, yeah, the committee tries to, I guess, make sure it is reflected throughout the entire firm by allowing any rank um, to join the committee and get involved. And we encourage, like, we're not capped at 20 or 30 people. We encourage as many people who are interested and have the, um, want to invest the time in it to join the committee. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it really doesn't, we have um, grads leading some streams, for example, well, in some streams, like a director might lead it. It just really doesn't matter. Um, particularly in the committee, everyone's just sort of equal. Um, we're all trying to work towards um, building that um, more diverse and inclusive environment for everyone. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to talk to you, Wendy. We've got one last question, which we ask mm. all of our guests and that's, um, what is the one takeaway from, from this conversation that you would like to emphasize for people just entering these difficult years, um, you know, the transition managing between university and the workplace, as you said, it's a, a difficult time. Um, yeah, yeah. What piece of advice would you give? Um, I think, and you probably will hear this a lot, but be resilient and be patient. Um, I can't tell you how many job rejections I got in my first year. And as I said, I think I was quite lucky to have landed a professional job at 16. Um, but even then getting into grad roles, I think I applied for all the federal government ones. And guess what? I was only accepted to one. Um, and it wasn't the one that I really wanted. And it worked out great for me. Um, and in hindsight, I just wish I put less pressure on myself to um, find something quickly and I guess just expect 
to get something quickly as well because my marks were good and I had the right work experience. Um, yeah, it's, it's out of your control to some extent, even if you do tick all the boxes of what you think they're looking for. And you have to remember that, um, yeah, it will happen and you just need to keep calm and be patient. And once you're in, like, that's the hardest part of, like, getting a job done. Like, the rest of your working life will be easy in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic advice. And you have a call to action for one of EY's programs as well? Yes. Um, so EY is launching a brand new innovative tech student event. Um, so it's called EY Tech Fest. Um, so there's some exciting plans underfoot. So we're just asking people to register their interest at this point. Um, and we're, we'll share more information um, probably um, post the COVID period. Um, so I, if I send you the link, I guess um, you might be able to pop it on to the video for the listeners. Yeah. Awesome. So all of those links, um, links to the EY website, um, perhaps even your LinkedIn profile will all be all over our um, various posts. So um, if people have any more, more questions, I assume they could get in touch with you if they have any specific questions um about what you've talked about today wonderful um yeah fantastic so it's been great to talk to you wendy um for having me yeah we look forward to um speaking with you next time